Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you. My heavenly Father, I thank you. Let the power of my Lord be great. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes, our heart, like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn to John 10. One of our wonderful verses. Have you got it memorized yet? I do. John 10, verse 34. Jesus answered the Pharisees. He said, Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and this is what we want to get after, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. What is written in the word will not change. Won't change. What changes? Our unbelief. But the word of God will not change. And if you can put your faith in it, it will do what you are asking it to do because the word of God cannot be broken. It doesn't matter your mood. It doesn't matter your attitude. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you think. The word of God is above all of that. All of it. You know it's above presidents and kings. And it's above mother-in-laws and dads and moms and children. The word of God cannot be broken. The next one, Romans 2. Verse 11, Paul speaking, and he's speaking to the Jew and the Gentile, and he said, for there is no respecter of persons with God. Remember that there is no respecter of persons with God. God does not have special ones. He gives one more, um, more, what would you call it? Um, more authority. He gives one more responsibility than others. But he loves them the same. He shows no respecter of persons. None. And you'll see that today. Alright? And then the next one, which is John 14, verse 10. And this is Jesus, our Messiah, talking while he is here on earth in the flesh. And he said to the disciples, he said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Do you see that? God was in Jesus. He said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. The words that Jesus talked, spoke, the words that are in red here are not the words of Jesus. They are the words of the Father speaking through Jesus. That's what they are. He said, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth me, he doeth the works. When Jesus created the, did the miracles, when he opened the blind eyes of the blind, it was not Jesus. Because Jesus gave all that ability up in heaven 
when he came down here. It was the Father working through him. It was the Father through the Holy Ghost doing the works. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, it was not Jesus that did it. But Jesus let the Holy Ghost and the Father work through him. He was the vessel. And the Father and the Holy Ghost worked through him. Two reasons. He had to be just like you and I. And he was showing you and I just how to do it. Whatever Jesus did, we are capable of doing. If we can yield ourselves the same way Jesus did. Now, let us go to John 11. Verse 5. We're going to take a look at two women today. Sisters. Sisters, Martha and Mary. And first I want, before we even get to this, well, I want to start in, in John 11 because I want us to see something before we talk about Martha and Mary. John 11, get this. Look at this. Because it means a lot when it doesn't seem like it says anything. But verse 5, it says now, well, let's begin at the beginning. A certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Martha and her sister Mary. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, Martha and Mary sent unto Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Everything Jesus did was for the glory of God. That's where we should be. And it says, and that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now look at this next verse. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. There is no distinction there. Did he love one more than the other? No. He loved Martha. He loved Mary. And he loved Lazarus. He loved them the same. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? He loved Martha and Mary the same. You know, when I grew up, he, they were telling me he loved Mary more than Martha. It doesn't say that in here. And you will see he doesn't. He loves them the same. And what he does with that love, he'll show you how much he loves Martha. Now, now turn with me to Luke 10, beginning in verse 38. It says, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. And, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Now, here it looks like this house is hers. And it says, Jesus, she received Jesus into her house. And she had a sister named Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So Jesus is in Martha's house. And Mary, her sister, is sitting at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. She was listening to him talk. And it says, but Martha, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. She wanted to be that perfect hostess 
All right? She said, and her, and, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost not thou care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Some of us can understand totally why Martha said that. But Martha said, Jesus, she's talking to the Messiah. Does not thou care that my sister has left me to serve all by myself? He said, bid her therefore come and help me. And Jesus answered Martha. And look what Jesus says to Martha. Look what Jesus says to Martha. He said, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. He said, you know, that's not a mean way to say it. Martha, Martha. He says, thou art careful and troubled about many things. This is the Messiah telling Martha what her problem is. He's telling her what her problem is. Notice he doesn't say stop serving. He doesn't say what you're doing is wrong. But he said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. That word is anxious. That word is anxious. Ever been anxious? Thou art anxious. Thou art careful and troubled. Troubled. Disturbed. About many things. Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. And now look at his next statement. He said, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. That word needful is necessary. But one thing is necessary. One thing. One thing. He's talking to Martha. He said, one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen that good part. And I love this next phrase. Which shall not be taken away from her. Do you hear that? Mary has chosen the good thing. And that will not be taken away from her. She chose to listen to the words of Jesus. That's where her heart was at. And Jesus told her sister, that will not be taken away from her. That will not be taken away from her. Have you set your heart to know God? Have you set your heart to know the Lord Jesus? Have you set your heart to walk in this gospel? You know what Jesus is saying right here? That will not be taken away from you. That won't be. Nobody can take that away from you. Turn with me to John 17. Verse 12. Let's go to verse 6 first. This is Jesus' prayer to the Father. It is beautiful that, the, the, that John was able to hear Jesus and the Father speaking together. Jesus is praying to the Father. So folks, Jesus and the Father are not the same people. They're not. How can you be praying to yourself? 
Jesus is speaking to the Father, and John wrote it down. And there's some beautiful verses in here. There's some beautiful words that Jesus is telling the Father concerning us. And one of them is verse 6. He said, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. That word men is actually persons. It is male and female. It is translated in a lot of translations as persons. When you look it up in the lexicon, it is persons. It says, I have manifested thy name, showed who I am, to, unto the people which thou gavest me out of the world. Thou gave them to me. Now, look in verse 12. Jesus is speaking. He said, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. I didn't lose any of them. None of them is lost. The people you gave me, Father, none of them is lost. Do you hear that? Romans 2.11, there is no respecter of persons. If you have given yourself to the Lord, Nobody can take you out. The only thing, the only person that could get you away from Jesus, the only person, the only influence that can take you away from the Father and the Son is you. Is you. The Father, what did Jesus say about Mary? It will not be taken away from her. And that is the Messiah. That is the one that created her, saying it won't be taken from her. Here, Jesus is telling the Father, and none of them is lost. You will not be forsaken. You will not be lost. You will not lose what you have if you stay with Jesus. You're the only one that can take you away. Nobody else can. And you can stand there in your sin and your unbelief and your fear and everything that's wrong about you. And you can say, Father, I'm going to stand here. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to run away. I'm going to stand here with all this mess. And you know what? He won't forsake you. He is obligated. He is obligated. And he won't because he loves you. He loved Martha and he loved Mary. He loved them the same. Now, let's go back. It says, but one thing is necessary. One thing. And Mary has chosen that good part. Mary chose to listen to Jesus. And he said, it won't be taken away from her. Now, I know most of us have had our Martha and Mary days. Most of us have had our Martha days. And I want to show you something. And I'm going to share a, a testimony that's really kind of cool. And it just happened yesterday. But I want you to go to Matthew 6 with me. Every word in this Bible written in red is for us women too. Jesus did died for the women and he died for the men. And, you know, and, and when we get to heaven, there isn't any women and men. There's just us. There's just us. All right, verse 27 on Matthew 6. It says, which of you by taking thought, by being anxious, by being fearful, by worrying, 
said, can add one cubit unto his stature. In other words, which of you by being fearful, anxious, nervous, can grow any? It says, and why take you thought for remnant? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those lilies. It says, wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Of little faith. You know, I watched God when I was in the wilderness. And we had no money. No money, honey. I'm, uh, we had the sign business at, at one point, and, and my husband was still working. But we, there, were, there were years that we didn't have a lot of money. And I watched. I watched standing there in God's presence saying, I'm not going to run. But I've got some unbelief you've got to deal with. And he would deal with it. And I watched God clothe my children and me not spending a penny because I didn't have it. My children wore nice clothes because people would come and they'd say, my son or my daughter grew out of these before they could, you know, but some of them still had the tags on them. And God would bring them to me. I remember once my son had just graduated from high school and he just started his first job and he was helping someone build um, awnings and, and patios outside. And, and he didn't have a lot of clothes. I mean, you know, he, he was growing, and, and, and I remember thinking, you know, he's still living with us. we got to clothe this child. And now he's out in the work world. Do you know one of the first jobs he went to? He came home. Oh, he wasn't on that job more than two weeks. He came home with the biggest smile on his face. He said, Mom, look at this. And he walks in, and he's got this huge garbage bag. I mean, huge. He said, we were doing this house today in a very nice part of town. And he said, this woman came out and she looked at me and she said, you're about my son's size. And he just graduated from college. And I got all his clothes here. And I'm going to give them to you. Would you take them? Do you know where those clothes came from? Abercrombie and Finch. Some of them still had the tags on them. That kid looks sharp. They fit him exactly. Do you think God doesn't know what size you are? I mean, it blew me away how God would take care of my children. People would give me clothes and they'd fit. They'd fit. My daughter had to go to a, uh, was invited to a prom. And you know what prom dresses cost. And we didn't have the money. She didn't have the money. But, but a month before that, she was asked to enter in an art contest. This is going on shortwave and radio. She was, she was asked to join an art contest to, to submit a picture she had already done for art class a year before. And they said, would you submit that to this art contest for the city? Well, of course, I'll submit it. Not thinking anything of it. Two, two weeks before the prom, and she had been asked. And I remember thinking, what are we going to do about this prom dress? Two weeks before the prom, she gets notified. She won the art contest. You know what the prize was? $100 cash. $100 cash. She takes it to go buy a prom dress. You know what? The prom dress was on sale. Guess how much it was? $99.
Our God knows. Our God knows. He knows your littlest affairs. He is, he is a God that loves you. So we go on. It says, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Martha, Martha. It says, wherefore, oh, it says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For in all these things do the Gentiles seek. And look at this next phrase. For your heavenly Father, for your heavenly Father knoweth you have need of these things. He knows what you have need of. He knows what you have need of. It says, and, and he says, but seek you first the kingdom of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be, not maybe, shall be, shall be added unto you. Seek you first the kingdom. Do you know that's what Mary did? That's what Mary did. She was seeking the kingdom. And Jesus said, I'm not taking that away from her. That will not be taken away from her. Do you know I learned the hard way? I tried to keep my house. I was working full time. I had a business, a sign business. And then I taught. And I, but, but sign business was where I really ran into it. I tried to keep the house. I'd say, okay, now after I do all the laundry and after I get all the dishes done and after I get this cooked and all that, then I'll sit down and I'll, and, and I'll, and I'll spend time with God. Did you ever have any time left to spend with God? No. Seek you first the kingdom. Before I came to Plano, I was getting up in the mornings about 5 o'clock because I had to be at work at 7. And I would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and I would go walk and I'd go pray. And I would get my heart on God. When I would do that, all that other stuff got solved. It got solved. You know, yesterday, and, and this is where I have this testimony. It's pretty cool. The, um, I was up there last night worshiping God with all of us, and the Lord was speaking to me. And he brought a sister, a, a, a sister in the Lord, in my heart. And, and I was praying, and, and, and the Lord was saying, I want to help her in her housework. And I thought, this is weird. You know, I mean, I don't get into people's business. And, and, and why are you telling me this? And so I kept worshiping, and she was in my heart. And I'm thinking, what? You want me to go do? You know, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? But that was in my heart. The program was over, and I kind of forgot it. And then I went into my office, and I'm helping a young man that, uh, that God is, is working with. Fine young man. He wants to follow God. He wants to humble himself. He wants God to, to, he wants God to work with him, and God is. God is doing some marvelous things in that young man's life. He happens to live with the sister that I was, that God had talked to me about. God was saying, I want that to help that sister. So I'm talking to this young man, and, and we're talking, and he's, he's telling me he wants to humble himself. 
And he did some things that, that were acts of humility. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. And we were talking, and I asked him, and I wasn't even thinking about earlier. I said, so what do you do around the house? And he tells me. And, and it's so funny. Out of his own mouth, not mine, his mouth, he said, he said, um, I hate doing dishes. I hate doing dishes. I said, do you do them? He said, no, I hate doing dishes. And he looks at me and he realizes he's been had. And I said, then that's what you need to be doing. And he looked at me and he goes, and that's what I need to be doing. Do you see the wisdom of God here? And how far he goes and knows our every need? God ministered to me a half hour earlier about he wanted to help a sister. And someone that's staying with her, he wants to give the young man a chance to humble himself and walk and walk. And God just put it together. And he goes, I'm going home to wash dishes. There was a famous evangelist that, that was given, that, that was sent to Bible school, and he was all excited for God. And when he got there, he, they gave him a dorm room. And he was all excited. It was a German man, uh, Butler, I think was his name. And, and he walked in and they said, all right, you're here in the dormitory. And the woman that ran the dormitory, she said, you're going to be washing dishes. And, and he got offended. He said, well, we German men don't wash dishes. And we don't take orders from women. And he got offended. He got so offended, he thought, what you can do with this Pentecostal movement stuff. And he packed up his bags. He's not going to stay there in Bible school if he's got to wash dishes for some woman. And he packs up his bag, and he's going to head out. He's going to say, he's had it, he's had it with the Pentecostal movement. This, this can't be God. God is not going to put me in a place where I have to wash dishes for a woman. So, he, so he's, he's leaving. Nobody sees him leave. And he sees that there's a Pentecostal meeting right down the street. So he goes, all right, one last meeting before I go. So, so he walks into this Pentecostal meeting, sits down. Nobody knows what's going on. Oh, I love how God does this. And the man, the mild-mannered man that was running the meeting, at one point stopped and said, You rebellious man! You rebellious man! He said, Humble yourself under the hand of the Almighty God. And he knew who God was talking to. And he realized, you mean God would work through a woman? And he went back. And he humbled himself. The woman said to him, you're going to wash dishes until you like to wash dishes. Do you know there came a day he liked to wash dishes? God was putting him in the helps ministry. God will test you out. He will test you out. Oh, he has tested me out. Now, you say, uh, Mary chose that good part, and that will not be taken away from her. And it says, seek you first the kingdom. And you're asking yourself, all right, I'm new at this. How do you seek the kingdom? Turn with me to Mark 1. I'm going to begin in verse 14. It's not hard. Verse 14. Now, after that, John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. 
the kingdom's power. He said, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, this is, this is our Messiah, the same one that talked to Mary and Martha. He said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you. The time is fulfilled. He's here. And the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. So what do we do with that kingdom of God? He said, repent you. Change the way you think. Change the way you think. And believe the gospel. Believe the gospel. That's how you seek the kingdom. You believe the gospel. You trust in. You adhere. You preach to yourself. You put your trust in. You read. You get in your heart what Jesus did for you on the cross. That Jesus died for you. That he took the scourge for you. He took it so your diseases and pains would be gone. He took your sins from you so that you would be righteous in God's eyes. He took your poverty. He took your anxiousness. He took your unbelief on his own body for you. And he went to hell for you and paid for those sins. That's what you believe. And the third day, the father was satisfied for what Jesus did for you. For you. Jesus didn't go to hell for himself. He went for you. And the father was satisfied. And he raised Jesus up from the dead. And when he did, our sins were forgiven. Our sicknesses and diseases were healed. Our poverty was taken away. That's what you believe. That's what you trust in. That's what you seek after just like Mary did. And it could not be taken away from her. It won't be taken away from you. And the first thing you have to do to even see the kingdom of God is you have to receive Jesus. You have to be born again. Jesus said you must be. He said you can't even see the kingdom until you're born again. And what does it mean to be born again? It means to talk to Jesus. It means to tell Jesus, Jesus, I want you to take my life. I want you to come into my heart and lead me. I believe with all that I can that you came, that you died, you were raised again. And when you do that, Jesus will enter into your heart, his spirit, and you will become one with him. He will be in you, and he will lead you, and he will not forsake you, and he won't lose you as long as you stay with him, and he will guide you. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com, or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.